Welcome to Everyday Animism, a weekly podcast exploring all things animism, particularly how animism impacts everyday life. The podcast is hosted by Kelly Harrell, Brandis Schnabel, and Janet Roper. Let's dive in. Okay. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you two? I'm figuring that out still. Mm. I'm kind of in a giggly mood today, and I don't know why. Kelly is good. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. No, but if I start giggling in the midst of nowhere, you know, just understand that. Okay. We can handle it. We can handle it. Giggles are good. I'm still figuring out how I am too. That's probably a better, nothing's on fire and I'll know it when I see it in terms of how I'm doing. Are we allowed to say that about how we're doing? I sure hope so because I mean I feel like it's a lot more honest than saying you're doing great when you're not but you're not doing poorly either there's you know just somewhere in the middle that's undecided yeah yeah that works for me too yeah so this week is um another getting to know episode and uh, we're, we're getting to know me. So does someone else want to be in charge? I don't know, because see, you're a Taurus. <laughs> and I figured you would just introduce yourself. I'm just kidding when I say that, but I had to say that. <laughs> Giving you a yes. high five, Kelly. <laughs> I know, right? Let the car right? go. <laughs> Do we That's know valid. So other people call her Brandis Schnabel. Apparently that is her name. Um, she's she's one of our co-hosts of the show, but she's also the one that's usually, if not like always, in the role of producer. But I know her as Brandy. And I also know that she's many things, among which is a licensed clinical social worker in Ohio. And she's badass at helping people find their strengths on all levels of being helping them get organized so that their life supports their dreams and their needs. Cause that's like a serious thing that people don't have, especially like a lot of people that I work with at a spiritual level. And in general, she is pretty kick-ass at helping people to become their own allies. She is well-versed in that herself. She's a mom, she's a wife, She's a political and community activist, and she's generally like all around on fire as far as like life and growth goes. But even as a Taurus, Brandy is very passionate and restless in a way, like not just with status quo, but with herself. And I think if Brandy had a motto, it would be grow, God damn it. <laughs> Am I wrong? That's that's a really good motto. Yeah. I don't know. So I met Brandy through an online music forum based around Ani DeFranco, you know, for those of you who have impeccable music taste. And that was like 20 years ago. We were 12, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So yeah. I've known a lot of iterations of Brandy. You, Brandy, you tell us about this one. Like, I don't know that there's only just one at a time either. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You do know a million versions of me. You know more versions of me than my spouse because you've known me just slightly longer than he has. Um, yeah, I think you covered a lot of it. Um, 
I am a Taurus. I am also a Scorpio moon, though, so I'm quite feisty. Uh, I'm an INFJ on the Myers-Briggs, which is the rarest type, just because I just have to be like a special flower in all the ways. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good description of me of kind of like restless in the ways that keep me continuously evolving. And um, so, yes, I'm a psychotherapist in private practice. Um, I also have a little side gig, Soulful Focus, that's based around creating um, intuitively grounded living that supports all parts of our path. And that's a continually evolving venture, speaking of being continually evolving. Um, I'm trying to think, yes, mom to a five-year-old. Uh, spouse to a very good cook, which keeps me alive since I don't cook. Um, (laughs) Ani DeFranco, yes. And um, I guess, and we had talked about this before, but this is probably a good episode to also mention that some of my identity has shifted this year. Um, I've identified as pansexual for pretty much my entire adult life. And um, this year I've been in small steps coming out as non-binary so my pronouns are (laughs) yay (laughs) my pronouns are she and they Um, either one are completely fine at this point Uh, no name changes are afoot or anything like that Uh, just kind of a deeper understanding of myself and where I don't feel like I fit uh, with some of the labels I've held for a long time so Past that, you guys are going to have to ask me something because I can't think of any other awesome tidbits. Wait, 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 wait. I've got stuff to say, too. Okay. Um, Oh, okay. One of the things that I admire about you, Brandy, is how you are so damn authentic to whatever change you're going through. It is so real for you at that moment in time and how you are always holding up um, like a magnifying glass of who am I? How do I fit in? What's going on? And I just really admire that. It takes a lot of courage. And I think you are a role model. I know you've been a role model for me in, what, the three years mm-hmm. I've known you? And I just want to say, yay, you go. Thank you. That's so really awesome. How does, how does your shifting identity in any regard how has that been affected by situating into an animistic perspective or, I mean, are they, are they parallel? How, how does that fit together for you or, or is it even related? I think it, I think, I think all the ways in which my identity has shifted um, in the past, at least in the past several years, Um, has been a deepening and I don't think there's any way for that to not be animistic Um, just in that I I think my understanding of being an animist and and existing animistically is what sometimes fuels that deepening or what prompts me to look at whether I've gone deep enough in that if can I put this in an animistic context can I break it down to its very core pieces of this is what it looks like what's my relationship to the thing and if I can see that in a deeply authentically kind of taking off all the the strappings and everything can can I understand it at that deep core animistic core of myself 
And if I can't, it's sort of a sign that I need to keep digging. If I can't express it in an animistic way, I'm still digging, I guess. That's, I mean, I think that's true of my, my political evolving, just in terms of being, you know, trying to be increasingly anti-oppressive, strip away all of the layers I can to get to the least harmful version of myself, the most aware version of myself, the most also self-advocating version of myself. And uh, I think spiritually, you know, we've all three gone through an evolution in terms of understanding who we are as practitioners and who we are permitted to be as practitioners and what that language is like. And that, that has so evolved for me. Um, and, you know, as a parent, I feel like that's always evolving. And then, you know, just, I mean, right now that feels very relevant in terms of core identity, you know, realizing that things that showed up in my ecstatic or trance work landscape, that some of those things actually make more sense now. And they seem to be more at ease with me as I've been more able to kind of step into a non-binary identity too. Well, in terms of things like identity or any aspects of life that you realize don't fit anymore, what happens to them from an animistic standpoint? Like, do you observe a ritualistic shift? Is it, you know, when it shifts, is it just already gone or evolved into its next place? How does, how does closure on like one part of identity work and then shifting into, okay, this is, this is it. This is where I am. This is everything I am. Yeah. I I think animism allows me to not simply discard those things. So I, I think it is, I do have a really ritualistic way of, um, allowing all the layers like I mean in terms of being non-binary there's some grief around who I am in regards to current conversations right now and there's um you know there are certain things that I don't feel that I fit into and there's both a celebration in that so there's like having the party for it and then there's having the 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 death work around it, the, the honoring of the death of the thing that wasn't quite complete and honoring what it was. Cause like, we don't get to the deeper layers without having a less with having a layer above that, that worked really hard. So like there are all these prior versions of me, I do try to honor all those versions and, and, and in general, I, t- you know, I talk about this a lot as a clinician and in, in more intuitive work and just in general that every prior version of us was using all the available tools that version of us had to be the best possible version of the person we needed to be to get where we are now. And so they all deserve honoring and thanks and um, grieving when they're gone. And in terms of the way I tend to observe uh, intentionally that shift I love to burn shit. So for me, especially when it's grief, when there's some grief and there's sort of like some, you know, that Phoenix energy of like, there's some pain and there's some burning away of something. And then there's something brilliant and new that comes of it. You know, that, that very sort of typically seen as like a Phoenix type of energy. I love to create burning rituals around that journaling and burning it. You know, my, my daughter's first haircut, I saved a clipping and burned it with some other things around like, this phase of her childhood being completed and um, 
this Mother's Day, I have a, you know, I had wood from a tree uh, that my my mother-in-law had given me and it just wouldn't grow. <laughs> and uh, there's so much symbolism around that. And, you know, she's passed away and it felt incredibly important this year to, to release that last bit of that and, and burn it in a very intentional way, doing a lot of work around, you know, the mother wound and that kind of thing. So I love to burn shit for the new, for each new layer. I love that. And I love that when I love that you give yourself the room and the time and the space to, to have process. And that's one thing that for my own process around feeling gender fluid and pansexual, it was happening for me at a much younger age before I knew that I didn't have to process it all at one time, if that makes any sense. So I really value your ability to give yourself the time and space to process what you need to and to allow every aspect of yourself to inform every other aspect of yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most animistic way to evolve, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think that you demonstrate a comfort level with that process too, Brandy. Thank you. I think that's purely from having to do a shit ton of it. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I don't know if it's comfortable for you, but from what I see from the outside, it looks like it's a, a comp- you're, you're okay doing that. Thank you. Yeah, I think I, I think I am a, being a perpetually in pursuit of the next evolution. Uh, I think I've grown, I've grown to have a, an understanding with that process, I guess, an appreciation for it, even if I don't always love it. I, and I don't always love how constantly evolving involves leaving a lot of things behind leaving people behind at times leaving leaving ideologies that were easier to live within leaving you know I it's it's always leaving a comfort zone so I won't say I I embrace it with you know constant love of it but I have an appreciation and a respect for it Brandy is that something that you think comes naturally to you or it's something that you've learned through life Hmm. Maybe both. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like there could be like a three hour answer to that question, but the, the, the simplest answer is may, maybe both. Gotcha. What mundane things are the most sacred for you? I think you kind of already touched on that a little bit, but in, in discussing ritual and your affinity for that, but what mundane things that people don't think of as spiritual or sacred are the most sacred for you? Mm. I, um, I mean, I think there's the possibility for everything to be that, but I, I think that things like a good book, things like um, being intentional about our time, about intentional about my time. I guess I should just claim what of it is important for me, but, you know, burning candles that smell delicious, uh, making a point to sit outside more often when my butterfly bush is blooming because it smells good, not because I'm like being a good nature lover or like, but just because I'm acknowledging that I'm having a visceral enjoyment of something and just doing more of it. Um, Even if that thing is like, you know, watching a TV show that makes me think really hard or um, 
eating food that tastes delicious or uh, eating or drinking out of a mug that makes me happy and looks like it's made out of a mermaid's tail or um, I think um, music is a big one for me. I think too. Um, good pens, good paper, writing things down uh, to kind of anchor them. Uh, but also writing things down because we shouldn't have to remember everything in our head and we should leave as much space as possible for not just storing things for later. So what music does grab you these days? What What is soul music for you? I, uh, well, speaking of Ani DeFranco, her mixtape that she just released is beautiful. And it's very old school Ani in this way that just, uh, it gives me nostalgia, even though it's new. Huh, I love it. And uh, Billie Eilish is weird and strange and spooky. And I love her. Um, and Lizzo, I love Lizzo. She's like fabulous and living her best life and loving everything about herself. And I love hearing my daughter sing those lyrics about being your own soulmate and, uh, yeah, those are those are the three big ones right now. I think. Very cool. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've also been trained as a musician too, right, Brandy? Yes, I uh, played trombone for a very long time, like fifth grade to uh, for a little while after undergrad. So a long time. Yeah, jazz trombone is my jam. I have not played in a long time, but I miss it. And it's a huge part of my, I think it was my band was my safe space in, in like junior high and high school. Um, I don't know about safe space in college. Cause those were the people that taught me how to drink and get in a lot of trouble. And, and, but they were also like my people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, of course they were. <laughs> they, yeah. They taught you those things. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think everyone I almost everyone I dated in college was someone from band or um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. So and music has been a part of my I mean, I took piano lessons when I was my daughter's age. I was really young, like five or six. Um, and I didn't keep up with it. I had to take piano again. I minored in music in, in undergrad. So I took piano again then. But uh, trombone's always been the big one. Do you still have your trombone? Yes, I have two cool. trombones. I have a um, a symphonic horn. I think it's a Yamaha with a rose gold bell, and it's um, it's uh, it's got like the uh, trigger attachment for like symphonic band. And then I have this old. Um, I bought it used silver um, silver trombone with inscription along the bell, and it's it plays really bright. Um, it's it's easier to be loud and play bright sounds. So it was my jazz horn. Very nice. Yeah. Every time we talk about music, I want to get them out. I know. (laughs) I was just seeing in my mind's eye a picture of you with the trombones. Mm. And brass is not an easy thing to just like wander in and out of because you just, you lose your amateur pretty quickly, not playing. Um, So like, I would have to like buzz my lips back into shape. (laughs) <laughs> Janet and I had a similar conversation the other day 
Oh, um, um, Brandy, what is the favorite thing that you like about yourself? I, uh, that's the third time I've been asked that in like five days. So my ready answer is just because I've had to think about it a lot. Um, I really like my ability to witness myself um, in the moment, to witness where I've been, where I'm at, and where I want to be. And I really appreciate my ability to then translate that skill to other people. I feel like that's what I do in all the aspects of what I do, whether I'm working with someone in therapy or, um, you know, being active politically, you know, um, raising my daughter, you know, like how much, you know, raising a child, so much of that is witnessing your child and like witnessing yourself in like the choices you're making and, and in the dynamic and what they need, what you need. And, um, my witnessing my relationship with the world around me is, you know, intensely spiritual too. And I think I show up for it in a really authentic and not stagnant way. I would agree with that. Yes. And also my experience is as you personally, Brandy, witness yourself more and more that that opens you to witnessing other people too, because it doesn't take away from you witnessing other people. It adds to it. I think there's a beauty in that. Yeah. I think it's the, it's when I was studying with Kelly, um, there's a point at which, you know, we went to gather like a word or, you know, a theme or our path and what that meant. And it, mine has never changed from that word of witness. It's why, you know, my practice is my private practice is sky witness healing arts. Cause I work a lot with sky and witness is just a huge part of, you know, um, it, it is, it's like the thing that compounds for me. Like it builds on itself. The more I see myself, the more I see others, the more I see others, the more I'm able to see myself in the context of others. And um, I just think it's, it's just a huge part of my path. And I've never gotten tired of doing it. So it seems like a good thing to stick with. <laughs> and that seems to be an indication too, that it's part of your path is that you have not mm -hmm. gotten tired of it. Yeah. I, and I think it, I think it is really important for us to find the thing that we're naturally tend toward doing, um, not in, and find the healthy version of it too. I mean, there are, there are a million ways in which like witnessing the shadow aspect of witnessing is taking too much of someone else on yourself or projecting yourself onto others. So there's, you know, there are shadow aspects of that, but the better we get at doing the thing we naturally do the most the less it is, you know, imbalanced, you know, the more it is this thing that becomes a superpower. I think that's a huge thing for finding our place in our path. Agreed. Mm. Yeah. Brandy, what's your favorite <laughs> color of lipstick? I don't know My why favorite... that question came to me. <laughs> I really like, uh, like a classic red although I'm wearing less lipstick lately, which has been, that was actually one of my first little inklings of um, sort of the, the non-binary stuff was just uh, not to go with stuff, but of feeling non-binary was this realization that some of the things that were very, very part of my sort of existing in a very feminine way started to feel really at odds with how I wanted to exist. And so it's interesting because I will, st but, but I still appreciate occasionally slapping on a 
really bright red lip and rocking it. So even in spite of that, in spite of that shift for myself, um, the last lipstick I bought was a really, you know, vibrant, like awesome red. Yeah, you rock that color red for sure. (laughs) So I have some words for you. I have some like. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have some words for you. I'm going to give you a word. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to give me a word. And you can too. You could too, Janet. Okay. So these these are your words. And, and one of them is going to be the same one that I gave Janet. Okay. So fiction. Stories. Frisbee. Dog. Monkey. Hmm. I just had like three things happen uh, monkey uh, tattoo because I have a tattoo of the word monkey on my back from my misguided youth days. Uh, <laughs> internet bulletin boards because that was my name for a long time. And um, soft. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. American. Blech. Oh, God. Yes. Okay. Focus. Group. Orange. Peel. Very nice. <laughs> Wait, very, was very nice one of them? No, well, but it could be. Oh, because blip. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to be less nice and less kind, or less nice and more kind. Uh, yeah. Can you say a little bit more about that? Would you care to? Um, I don't know. Was that something we talked about here? I don't know. Uh, but I, I feel like I've had a handful of conversations recently about the difference between nice and kind. And nice is, I feel like, a set of performances. It's like a, it's like a type of performance. So it's, it's a politeness and a pleasing voice, usually in that very patriarchal, like, pleasing, pleasant soft-spoken feminine voice uh making people comfortable um quaint I, I don't know it feels like a very surface level it's a thing it's a thing that my desire to peel away layers you know nice feels like the very top layer of what eventually if you dial down what we really want is kindness which isn't always polite and it isn't always pretty and it isn't always sweet um, and it isn't always comfortable. Sometimes kindness is handing, handing people shit back to them while still loving them and witnessing that that's probably hard for them. That's just my distinction that the dictionary might disagree with me entirely. I think that covers it pretty well because here in the South, it's all about manners and having good manners. And I have always thought that that is the biggest coded bunch of bullshit ever. It has nothing to do with compassion or benevolence or being kind. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I think nice is not always honest and kind I think to truly be kind does have, you do have to be honest. And I prefer honesty 
typically above many other things. Right. 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 So one of my words for you, Brandy, is terrain. Stomping. Thunder. Lightning. (laughs) I love thunder. (laughs) Encroachment. Weeds. Trees. Mm, Women. Ah, I like that. I like that a lot. I have some trees in my backyard that are like mm, ants, something like that for me. Wait, I missed something. Say that again. I have some trees in my backyard that are like ants, but like (laughs) A-U-N-T. See, I was thinking A N T S because the way I'm used to hearing that word as the woman, you know, is aunt. Yeah, that's really, and you're from the Midwest, Janet. I know, but I lived in Minnesota for how many years? Really? You guys say aunt? Aunt, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Aunt, I say aunt, but I still didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah, I figured that I was like, I'm talking to a couple of animists, so like, I really need to specify what I mean by ants. I was seeing this tree turning into an ant and crawling on the ground, you know, falling over and crawling on the ground. I'm going, damn, that's a big ant. Aww. Or it'd be a bunch of really, really cute groups. Yes, there you go. Oh, that would be really cute. There you but go. No. No, I have, no, I think of, for me, trees, I think it depends on the type of tree, but the tree, I have these, these elms that are like, they grew up together as one tree, but they're clearly three separate trees. And I, they're very feminine and very like mothery, but not really mother, more aunt energy. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) hey brandy what do you want to leave your daughter what do i want to leave my daughter oh i don't know if i need to leave her anything i don't i want to leave her and know that she didn't need anything um but i guess leave her good memories of me that's beautiful yeah I, my my daughter came in with an army. I was worried about her, you know, just because I didn't offer a lot of healthy family. I didn't offer a lot of living um, available ancestors and elders. And uh, she she came in ready to ready to conquer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know how much she really needs for me other than to keep her from running out in traffic and setting the house on fire pretty good and yeah and some we've been having some interesting conversations about gender recently so that's been interesting I think I think maybe in that aspect um I hope to I hope to leave her with the ability to question herself in the same way that I do question myself and to always let that uh allow her to continually evolve I think that's an awesome thing to pass on. Yeah, Mm -hmm. agreed with that. 
And because you asked me this uh, last time we were on air, Brandy, what's your favorite book? My favorite book is East of Eden. Ah. And um, by John Steinbeck. I love it. I've read it many times. There's a character in that book, uh, Kathy, and I was raised by a Kathy. And uh, there are also so many other characters in that book. Um, but I have the word Tim Shaw tattooed on my left wrist wrist and it's uh, I'll put it in the show notes the passage from the book because someone actually put the passage itself uh, on a website years ago and this actually came up recently because I've been watching Westworld and there's a there's a reference to that word and the and the word specific to that passage in East of Eden mm-hmm. um, toward the end of the second season of Westworld and I was like oh, oh my gosh Anthony Hopkins just talked about Tim Shaw. Um, but it's a, it's a really great story about a uh, story from the Bible and uh, the true meaning of one of the words in one of the phrases in the story of Cain and Abel that uh, talks about uh, our free will versus our, um, whether we have free will and, and our ability to do good or not to do good and, and what that really means. It's a really great passage. That's a long version of my favorite book. <laughs> and my second favorite book is Les Mis, which is very similar in its just really deep dive into the nature of uh, existence and who we are at our core. It explains a lot, though, really. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my favorite. Those are my first favorite two book top two books you know i was just thinking that if i had to if this is going to be hard because if i only had one word to describe you and there's so many that fit brandy I, I think that the word would be core core yes because to me that is authenticity that is honesty that is integrity and being who you are and growing into who you are mm. i love that thank you you betcha Thank you. What's Kelly's? What's Kelly's? Um, honestly, Annie. I think it would be fire. Mm. It's funny because I'm an earth sign, but I do really love me some fire. Yeah, I think you are fire. I think it's I think it's awesome that the earth um, supports you astrologically in that way because I, I always visualize you as fire. And just that force that can pretty much move through anything and what doesn't need to stand kind of like falls to the side and it just sort of is self-feeding. Isn't Scorpio fire? I don't know. I don't I never can retain what is what. Yeah. Honestly. Neither me. I'll have to look that up. I feel like every time someone says that, I have to look it up. I think it's a water sign. Though. I'm thinking it's water also. Yeah. I, I use it as my excuse for when I'm like angry, weepy. It feels very Scorpio-ish. <laughs> it says it's water. Yeah. Oh, it is water? Okay. The internet says that it's water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I'm Capricorn rising, which I don't know what Cap. I think Capricorn's Earth too. Yep. It is. Grounded as fuck. <laughs> yeah. And entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, definitely that. I was going to say Capricorn or Brandy? Capricorn. Okay. And me. And Brandy. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. I haven't worked for another person in two years now. I don't know that I could go back to doing it. I've been in charge of me for a hot minute. It's not, a, it's not an easy path. Definitely. No, it's really not. It had, I mean, you both know it's not been it's not been perfectly easy and it hasn't been a straight line, but it's also been a really great opportunity to be myself professionally in ways that I couldn't have where yeah. I was before. Yeah. Brandy, I think that's one of the first transitions I witnessed with you was when you went from working into the real world to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That was a big one. That was a honking big one, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's a it was a honking big one. <laughs> to, to quote Minnesota Janet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's true. And um it's also interesting how people react to that transition because it can be very threatening to other people. There aren't a lot of people that I still maintain close, you know, I, I don't maintain the same level of connection with almost anyone I worked with. And I think some of it is like, I, it's like, I'm an alien. It's like, I don't think everyone wants to be faced with the option of, or they don't want the option. I think that's totally oh, yeah. valid too. Yeah. I mean, I think that's completely valid. I don't think working for yourself is for everyone. And, and I, but I also think in a, you know, we live in a society where, you know, maybe if working for someone looked differently, I might do that too. Um, but what I wanted to do with people, I couldn't do where I was. And it was interesting to watch some people just kind of look at me more and more differently as I s- started to evolve into doing that. Like, what are you doing? What do you mean? You're just going to do what you want. What do you mean? You're just going to rent a place. and just work for? How are you going to pay your bills? And it's like, well, I pay my bills. Yeah. And I, and, and I do what I want. And my hair was a lot of colors and now I have a little faux hawk and like, you know, I do what I want. And you do it with such style too, I must say. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Jan- oh, this is actually interesting. Cause um, I, um, I worked a lot with the energy of Cardinal for a long time. And it was one of the first sort of animal guides that I worked with and hadn't been around much and it's been reappearing recently and Janet actually messaged me the other day and was like I just realized that your new hairstyle mimics a cardinal (laughs) and I was like well shit totally fucking true (laughs) and and I've gone from wearing a lot of jewel tones like pinks and purples and that kind of thing like um for a while and having my hair you know you know jemmy blues and pinks and purples I've been wearing a ton of red lately like most of the new clothing I've bought has some element of red or it goes well with red and it's like I've been shifting back into that energy recently and I hadn't even noticed it until Janet did So I don't always peel away the layers by myself. Sometimes someone else does. <laughs> That's why we have community. Yeah. yeah. It's good to have people that you trust to be able to do that and, and know it's with integrity. Yep. 
it's good to have that here. Yep. In this lovely podcast. It's good to have you. Thank you, Brandy, for all the things that you bring. Thank you. Ferocious, wild, primal, beautiful things that you bring. Mm, thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs> because <laughs> Taurus, because of course I bring them. There it is. I bring them and you want them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're running close on time, so or a little over. So thank you for giving me really great questions these were really fun to answer it was really fun to share a little of me and um next one by process of elimination at this point you've probably figured out the next one is going to be about Kelly (laughs) and I can't wait to tell you all that I know about Kelly oh yeah and have her tell us stuff too yeah so thank you for listening uh We'll have, I'll have uh, I'll have the Tim Schull passage in the show notes because I love sharing that passage. And we will see you in a couple weeks. Take, Take care, care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you'd like more information on Kelly, Brandis, or Janet, or to listen to past episodes of our podcast, get some more information on our resource page, you can find all of those tidbits at everydayanimism.tumblr.com. See you next week.